Welcome to Cancelled. Uh, we are up to episode 7 and 8 of Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Uh, with me for the duration, Kath Barbadoro. How you doing? Hi, good. How are you? I am very hungover. <laughs> which played into this episode. Well, we'll get to it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I had some shows with the very, very funny Chip Pope last night. It's so funny because like, his whole family, Chip Pope is a hilarious comic. Uh writer for ellen and all this other shit uh look him up he's look great. him up he's great his whole like fit because he's from like some small texas town mm-hmm. so his like all like his mom and all her Aww. friends and shit were there which is like <laughs> adorable but that's also a bunch of like 70 year old people yeah. at this show it's and like, cute and then you have to do comedy for them exactly it's not as cute <laughs> and like they were very nice and uh you know Chip didn't like change his act at all. It was a very yeah. gay act, and they were like very like oh, very good. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was adorable. <laughs> uh, you're doing you're wrapping up uh, Twister with uh, Master Pancake. Yep, this is our last weekend of Austin shows. We're going to Houston on Sunday, and then nice. we're going to Dallas next week, and then I won't have to watch Twister anymore. So <laughs> I think I'm at, I'm think I'm in Dallas right before you oh shit because they're doing uh, i'm doing an interruption with doug benson oh cool like at three at four tw- oh sorry at 420 no, uh of course. and then yeah so i might stick around and watch that. at richardson yeah sweet yeah, yeah 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 um what else did i want to talk oh did you see fucking obama's playlist I saw a. I read an article about Obama's playlist <laughs> that was really funny because it was it was like a New York Times article trying to like infer political policy from Obama's playlist. <laughs> so I didn't like see the whole thing, but they were just like talking about like how like well he's not as into current pop as Hillary Clinton. So what could this mean? <laughs> it's very dumb. It, it's pretty like it's there's like there's like Frank Ocean. There's a couple of things that are interesting, but then. Fucking Van Morrison's Moon Dance. Ugh. Yeah. I know there was like a Coldplay song There's on there. There's definitely a like, Coldplay song. I was joking. I was like, so much for first black president. You can't like <laughs> Van Morrison that much. <laughs> I joke Especially like, Moon Dance. That's the yeah, worst. Yeah, I was joking that that's like the national anthem for white women with Malbec stained teeth. <laughs> like, that's just, you just got purple teeth. And that giant oversized wine glass that holds like a whole bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. You see those things? Yeah, that's just, And he was like constantly like trying to get other people to dance with yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at a place where no one's dancing yeah, it's yeah, inappropriate yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right uh well let's get into the show uh this is our first two-parter what do you mean i mean this is a part what's a to be continued episode oh yeah okay seven and eight They're... i thought you meant this podcast was oh no 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 that is not enough information yeah, this is a I, I feel episode. like there was almost not enough to this to be a two-parter episode i agree i thought the ending of the first one was so weird yeah when like, they just do that weird voiceover explaining the whole episode you just watched out of john goodman walking into the chair <laughs> and that's it and it's like Commercial break? Like, that's not even a good place to end for a commercial. Yeah, it's not it's a great weird. act break. It's weird. It's really weird. Uh, anyway. So, I I will say that I kind of like to say these two episodes. Again, Sorkin <laughs> is... Fun. This reminds me very much of the West Wing episode where uh, Josh and Toby and Donna get left behind from the, the campaign bus. Yeah. Which was also a two-parter. Yeah. But he does these sort of, like, almost farcical, like snowballing things getting out of control episodes really well there's a lot of balls to be juggled and like yeah. i feel like he's good at that that plays to his strength but then i feel like they it falls apart by the end of the second episode well like a th- he's they're fun because like he writes such like definitive characters sure. and then to just be like let's put those characters in a weird place they never would be it's right. like great he's gonna write a fun time for everyone <laughs> yeah 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 uh well, the episode opens with them like in the midst of everything. So they're like, uh, so the premise is that uh, Nate Cordry's character, Tom, has been arrested and he's at some small, like, small town in Nevada. Pahrump. Pahrump. They make a really big deal they say, about they Pahrump, which we'll And they, act, they also act like it's the funniest thing they've ever heard. Yeah. Like he's telling a room full of comedy writers, they're in Pahrump, Nevada, and they start, they like are <laughs> belly <laughs> laughing. Belly, yeah. And like one after the other. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, your friend's like going to jail. Maybe the name Pahrump isn't that fucking funny right now. Uh, so he gets arrested and we get it's all told in flashback. And it's like, is the show going to go on? And yeah, uh, so it starts. I mean, it's one of those things where it's well, first of all, um, 
I now want the show to be about John Goodman, the small town perump judge. A hundred percent. Where is that spinoff? I would love that. Just a crime procedural with like John Goodman <laughs> and that weird and- mustachio deputy of his. <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah. it was like weird comic relief. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah, dog. it would be so fun. Um, but it starts with him, and then it's just like Nate Cordry in like a muslin. Yeah, robe yeah, 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 like the Jesus a, robe. Yeah, so it's like one of those like, how did we get here? And then the whole episode is backtracking to figure out how we got here. Right, and immediately I was like, oh boy, here comes a small town sheriff. They're gonna mess with these big city boys, which yeah. is like Sorkin is the most condescending shitbag when it comes to like middle America. Yeah, like he cannot write a character, and it always says it always is that thing where like at the end it's like, oh, I guess they're smarter than we thought they are. Right, but that's still shitty of you. Right, like, like that's the thing is like it. It'd be one thing if he just wrote like yokels, and he doesn't do right. that. But what he does is basically have all of his like small town characters be super invested in teaching these liberal elites yeah. a valuable lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like no one in the real world gives that much of a shit. Like for sure. Yeah. So it's like like John Goodman is like he he goes on a couple kind of like diatribes about how their show is condescending to the hardworking people of Pahrump or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's uh, just like And it is can we address the fact yeah. that there hasn't been a single episode of the show where the only sketch is some Jesus bullshit sketch? Yeah, that's terrible. That's another the the sketch that they're gonna write this time is uh Jesus is the head of standards and practices. Which no one who doesn't work in TV gives one the tenth of a shit about littlest bit of a shit. No one is gonna care. Yeah, no, I have it written down here. So the the reason they're writing the sketch is because apparently you can't say Jesus Christ on TV unless you're referring to actual Jesus Christ. Right. So they're rehearsing at a diner, uh, like they do. I'm sure. Just reading lines. <laughs> not but not annoying at all. Yeah. Just have a bunch of assholes. Have you ever been in a play, even like a school play as a kid? Yeah. Oh, I was in a school play once as a kid, and then like. I remember, like, the at Friendlies afterwards, <laughs> what fucking pieces of shit we were. Even at, like, 12, we're all Saying just like, all oh, that's our actory bullshit and, yeah. like, really loud and theatrical because the whole <laughs> fucking ice cream shop had to know what the hell we were talking about. Ugh. I feel like this is, like, because we, cause we grew up in the Northeast. Sure. Like, I feel like being 12 and going to Friendlies and being an idiot <laughs> yeah, is, like, a coming-of-age tale for people who grew up in the Northeast. Sounds about right. Like, anytime you would go to have, like, a band concert or, yeah, like, yeah. a, like, track meet or whatever, you'd, everyone would always go to Friendlies. Go to Friendlies And God that... bless those poor people that had to work there. <laughs> and get their shitty tips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. From a bunch of 12-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so they're in a diner rehearsing the lines, and I, I wrote this line down because I was like, is this supposed to be a joke? Yeah. <laughs> So they're mad because you can't say Jesus Christ. So the whole joke is like the people in the standards and practices room are ref- are saying it and then talking to Jesus Christ and then saying it. So he writes, Jesus Christ, it's hot in here. Mind if we open a window? Get it? You don't know which one it is. And uh, Patricia Clarkson's character reads that line and then says, wow, he's really going for it, isn't he? She said, it's like, is that supposed to – is she is that being sarcastic? Sketch? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's like, happening. Also, it's not Patricia Clarkson, right? We've fuck. addressed this. What's her name? Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. Fuck. I keep – oh, my God. I knew uh, I was going to say the wrong one. Oh, uh, that just point. makes me laugh. It, it's um, a weird, like, mix-up. It's a up. weird mix-up. It's a really weird mix-up. <laughs> um, They're both, like, respected actresses. Sure, I'll give that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, every line in that sketch is terrible. And they keep going back to, like, so it'll be like, uh, so you don't mind if we say your name in vain? And he's like, Jesus Christ. And, like, I thought you were Jesus. It's like a who's on first with Jesus. It's really fucking bad. It's so bad. Uh, The only thing worse, though, by the way, is they reference another shitty Jesus sketch later on. That's in the next episode because I wrote it down. It's a part part one, part two, so we can just just do both. Uh Jesus, it. it's so bad. <laughs> they're they're working on a sketch. It's not even like it came up in the room and they're like, "That's fucking dumb." Yeah. They're writing a sketch called Cheeses of Nazareth. Naz- Jesus, Jesus, of Nath- and they're like, you know, Gouda, Port Salute, Cheddar, and then fucking Amanda Pete's like. You know, that's actually pretty funny. No, it's not. There's that's nothing not... funny about that. It's not even a sketch. That's you a have list one... of cheeses. You have and one a pun. pun. That's all you yeah. have. I was so... And it's like, you're really... I get that you have to have a Jesus sketch, but have you already run out of Jesus yeah. ideas? That's like not even like the worst New Yorker cartoon. Like, it's no. not yeah. even. Like... Yeah, 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 yeah. That is horrific. 
yeah. like all these sketches. It's like this is a sketch show entirely written by open micers. Like, yeah. that are trying to be edgy, so right, like, we're like, gonna tackle fucking It's religion. written by, like, open micers who, like, went to, like, Wesleyan. Because <laughs> like, they're, like, smart, but they think sure. that being smart, like, is, means is you're funny. funny. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they're at the diner, they're practicing their terrible sketch, uh, and when they leave... Sarah Paulson gets confronted by some oh my god some some gay thugs some uh, gay hoodlums. So they she is she got asked by a reporter what she thought of gay marriage, and her response was like, "Well, the Bible says it's a sin, but it also says uh, don't like judge not lest ye be judged, and it's too much for me. Like it's for people smarter than me. Yeah, or something. it's not for me to decide or something like that. Uh, and they only print the first part, which by the way." Print the second part. You're still a shitbag. Like, yeah. there's nothing. I know this idea. Like, and they do. I will give like him a little bit of credit on this line. Where like he's, it's like she's trying to get sympathy for being like, well, I, I said the Bible says. Yeah. Uh, and they every time Matt uh, is uh, Matthew Perry character is like, doesn't matter. It's still you're still a homophobe. Shut up. And like at least yeah. they hammer that point home a little bit. Yeah. Uh, they hammer it home a little too much because <laughs> Aaron Sorkin can't do anything of not a little too much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this whole time I'm supposed to be like sympathetic towards her, and the whole time I'm like, no, you're just a piece of shit. Like, right? Like you're not. I I feel like those those gay hoodlums who are roving the hilarious. Of by West the way, Hollywood. so she like so they come like she walks out and they ha- he's like, oh, I'm such a big fan. Can you sign this CD of yours? And she's like, oh, great, nice to meet you, Jim. You made my night. And he does like if he this would have been the most perfect like gay caddy move. He just drops the CD on the ground and then steps on it and like yeah. looks at her bitchy. And I'm like, okay, that's a perfectly accepted. Well, that is something a gay person would do. Like yeah. a gay dude in West Hollywood would do that and be like, "Oh, burnt like, yeah. like shade, that is a bitch." Funny, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Sassy thing. Yeah, but then they just start getting like aggressively <laughs> violent and like yeah. you bitch and like like trying to like start a fist fight with her and it's so, but still be shitty gay caricatures while they're doing it. So yeah. they're like, "You think you're better than me?" Like, fucking, <laughs> it, it's so bad. It's so weird. Like this would never happen. Also, I was thinking about this when during the scene where I was like, "Okay, so she's the star. She's a female sketch comedian right. star of SNL." Yeah. If gay people don't like her, who the fuck likes her? Valid <laughs> <laughs> like, point. That is the bread and butter of like every yeah like, yeah, yeah yeah like funny broad actressy female comedian yeah like, exactly. That's what you, who are you for if you're not <laughs> for gay people? Yeah, the Christian right isn't gonna watch this show. Yeah, like yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, that doesn't. And they're that's not like true. even if you're. Even if you're really funny, I feel like the Christian right's not going to be like, we love this female comedian. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's not going to happen. The only one they like is, what's her name, Patricia Heaton, I think is her name. Oh, yeah, From, like, uh, uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. They (laughs) love her. Um, So, uh, uh, Nate Cordry's character, Tom, comes to try to, like, break it up. Then, and this is, I kind of respect... uh, uh, D.L. Hughley sees it from the window of the diner. He comes running out, and he's like, get in the car. Just get in the goddamn car. Yeah. And she refuses to get in the car, which is every time a woman has ever started a fucking fight because <laughs> they won't listen and get in the goddamn car. I, I understand that you're you're completely capable of handling yourself in public. You're a woman. I respect that. But when it comes to a confrontation, shut up. Get just get in the goddamn car already. <laughs> that uh, is a very, like... That is one no, of the I just more need to, realistic things moments. on this show. I just need to make them understand that that's not what this is about. This <laughs> yeah. is about a fight, and there's no understanding. <laughs> uh. Well, that's also, like, what I was going to say is, like, even if she... Because she was trying to explain to the what? gay thugs... <laughs> no, like, you don't understand. No, no, no. I was I thinking out of context. the Bible says yeah, yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. sinners. Right. Like, they're not going to be like, oh, oh. okay, in that case. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's still <laughs> shitty. It's still yeah. so shitty. Yeah, that just made me laugh really hard. And so then, uh, like, Nate Cordy's character pushes one of them away. He falls down. They drive away. Uh, later, the police show up at the studio to arrest him because the guy who fell is pressing charges and there's witnesses and whatnot. During the like Jesus... The, like, rehearsal for the rehearsal. Jesus. Yeah. So he's wearing his, like, Jesus robe. Which uh, also, uh, I was also thinking, like... I. Part of me sort of respects them for not doing this, but also I'm like, no half measure, Sorkin. 
don't make your Jesus white. If you're gonna like be this guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that have point, DL Hughley play Jesus. Jesus for sure. I did not think of that, and that is absolutely right. Like, because if they're doing all these Jesus sketches, yeah, yeah. like who of the cast is playing? It must be Nate Cordry, right? Uh, every Who's time, Jesus. Every he even time? references, "Didn't I wear this Jesus robe?" Pre, in like the last time yeah. I did the Jesus sketch, he says it. Uh, yeah, you're 100 all right. He's got the right hair, of lamb's wool. He's got those twists, which are very prominently featured later on. Um, at, uh, also, he's Nate Cordy's complaining about the cold. At which yes. point, Dale Jugley puts his jacket on him. That is an important like plot point that comes up. Uh, they get arrested. Uh, they the police come. By the way, the nicest police officers. Yeah. I've ever, I, I mean, to be fair, he's like a, a white guy that's on television, so I assume they're pretty nice to them. Probably, but they are like falling over themselves to be to apologetic be like- and like. Oh, you don't like we don't want to do this. You're gonna hate it, but we'll get you out of here in like an hour. We'll get you right back. Like they're so nice. Yeah, uh, they're like so apologetic about arresting him and just yeah, like yeah, yeah. we don't think this is real either, but we right. have to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Which is like have some pride in your job. Your job is terrible and fuck police. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah, on, guys. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. just personally, like yeah, be a man. <laughs> uh, That's another funny thing. Speaking of which, is he says that he like Nate Cordry admits to the cops that he knocked a guy out and one of the cops goes well sometimes I can raise somebody raise your reputation you're a cop man (laughs) (laughs) yeah stop trying to like talk about fist fights being cool Uh, so he goes to jail unbeknownst to him or he goes to the station to like get booked or whatever unbeknownst to him there's a a half a joint in D.L. Hughley's jacket pocket so D.L. Hughley freaks out he's gonna go down to the station to to help or to like fess up to him that it's his joint or whatever Turns out that he has some outstanding warrant. Not Dale Hughley, uh, Nate Cordry has some outstanding warrant mm-hmm. uh, in Nevada for some speeding ticket that he was doing like 120 miles an hour. He never answered it. So now he's being extradited to the small, wonderful town of Pahrump, Nevada. Full of magical With- characters. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, also, we haven't even gotten into the the Asian businessman. Oh, Jesus. There's so much going on in this episode. So meanwhile... Uh, Ed Asner, the pres like I don't know, president, head, whatever, owner of yeah. the of he's the up, media conglomerate, yeah, uh, is trying to do some deal where he's going to make like a Vegas in Macau, and he's trying to get this Japanese investor or Chinese investor uh, to put money in. The Chinese investor's daughter wants to meet t- uh, Nate uh, Cordry's character, and they're like, yeah, it's not a problem. We'll put him in a room, whatever. Uh, Amanda Pete's character, some shit came out in the press that she said she never wanted to have kids and she'd never hire someone who had kids or whatever. So yeah, it's so like this happening. juggling act of like what what I love though in that moment uh they I she, uh, Stephen Weber goes to her office and he she's having a meeting and she's like, "Oh, we don't have a show to pair with Nations, our show yeah. about the fucking UN." And he and he's like, "Here's an idea: a bunch of writers get fired for putting Nations on the air and they have to work at a car wash or whatever the fuck it is." I love how much he hates that show he, and never makes it misses an opportunity to shit on it. He is the only character on the show who is like consistently, legitimately funny. Yeah, yeah, like- for sure. That made me laugh really hard and also. Exactly right. That show is a terrible <laughs> idea. Nation. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, that's the thing is like, I, he's so, his criticisms of it are entirely legitimate. Thousand percent the accurate. The entire way through. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, no one speaks the same language. It's going to be subtitled. Yeah, yeah. It, like, it's awesome. I uh, love it. I love his hatred for nations. I enjoy it very also, much. Also, why do you need a companion piece Show? Of I don't understand what that what means. What does that mean? I, are you going to do a thing where it's like, uh, there was a show, I think it was in England, where they did, like, a sketch show, and then there was a follow-up show that was, like, a sitcom behind the scenes of the sketch show. That's kind of cool. It's kind of an interesting idea. Yeah. Is that what this show's going to be? The writers of, <laughs> of Nations? The writers That sounds like something Sorkin would do. Like, Sorkin, I promise you, would have loved to do a show that was behind the scenes of West Wing. Oh, just, yeah. Just, like, writing that I show. I mean, that's, like, what he's trying to make this. Yeah, for sure. Without the ability to actually make sketches. Right, exactly. So, like, why not just do that? Because you wrote good drama. Like yeah, yeah. any like the drama, every episode of West Wing is ten times funnier than this. Yes, like thousand percent. <laughs> Everyone, every character on that show is a better comedian than anyone on the show. Yeah. Um, that being said, again, I still really like this show. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so now there's this whole thing. Like all these stories are kind of coming together in a way. That, like we have to 
get this thing under wraps so it doesn't come out in the press and then screw up this deal in Macau. Uh, so they're all going to end up, they all end up flying uh, to Pahrump. Yeah. So with it's, the eight, it's, it's, uh, Chi- uh, Chinese businessman, Chinese his daughter, businessman and because his daughter. she needs to meet Nate Cordry, who's Correct. in Pahrump. Stephen Weber. Stephen Weber, a lawyer who plays a lawyer in every show. He's on the wire as a lawyer. <laughs> I did. A, yeah, yeah. I did a master pancake. We did a law and order SVU episode. <laughs> uh, and Mac was in it and that guy was in it. And <laughs> Mac called him Jew Lawyerson. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> Which is like, yeah. he's always a Jewish lawyer and everything. Yeah. So he's there to be the lawyer. D.L. Hughley, mm-hmm. uh, Bradley uh, Whitford. Bradley Whitford. I think that's everybody, I think right? that's everybody. Yeah, yeah. So they so all fly to Peru. They all fly to the small To get little... an audience with John Goodman, who has come in on his day off. Because it's a uh, holiday The whimsical small town holiday of Nevada Day. Yeah, just yeah. Just to be like... <laughs> Nevada Day! Oh, I forgot about that. It couldn't just be Labor Day weekend or no, some shit. Like... It had to be like, oh, you're, you're you stupid rural your... holidays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nevada Day. So uh, he's off. They get him into the station, because I guess Stephen Weber has some poll or something, or Ed Asner has some yeah, poll yeah, or something. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he is immediately just shitty to everybody. Yep. Um, by the way, also I f- we forget about this. So the weed hasn't even come up yet. At which yeah, point, Nate, the weed has not come up. Nate Cordry shows up, <laughs> and there's this like half dead basset hound <laughs> on the like on part. the ground, <laughs> uh, and he's like, "Oh, a basset! I love basset hounds. I got a tricolor myself. I get the newsletter basset roundup or whatever the fuck he says." <laughs> yeah. And he's like petting a dog, and then a dog starts barking. And it turns out it's a drug dog, I guess. <laughs> the and saddest it smelled drug the weed. dog in the world. Yeah, guess what's never a drug dog? A <laughs> nine-year-old basset hound. <laughs> that fucking dog can barely move. Uh, but yeah, so that dog smells the weed, which is how they find the joint. So now he's got all these charges. Like, oh, and it's half-smoked, which is more, which means use and not possession. So it's a felony and not a misdemeanor. Yeah. And there's this whole fucking thing. Uh, meanwhile, can we address the fact that John Goodman keeps calling D.L. Hughley Sammy? Which is a fucking racial slur. Really? Yeah, the whole thing. I didn't even notice a, he, that. He goes, so, Sammy, uh, it's your joint? And he's like, my name's Simon, sir. And he's like, oh, right, right, I'm sorry. Oh, I forgot. But I he, didn't realize that was does, like... He does it like seven times. <laughs> uh, and at, at one point, like the lawyer's like, look, this is fucking ridiculous. I've been taping this just so you know. And he's like, oh, I don't give a shit if you tape whatever. But like even at the end when we're supposed to like John Goodman... yeah. The last thing he says is like, bye, Sammy. Like, he's just still doing it. <laughs> it's really fucking uncomfortable. And I, I don't know if... I didn't realize that that... I thought he was just, like, being disrespectful and calling him the wrong name. I didn't yeah. know that Sammy was, like... Sammy is a racial slur. It's yeah. so for, like, Sambo. It's, like, a... It's an old-timey racial slur. Oh, okay. Slur. Jesus Christ, uh, then. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, so I don't, like... <laughs> there's no way Sorkin's doing that unintentionally. Yeah. I mean, uh, also, like, <laughs> even not knowing that, I feel like... Uh, like, no adult is named Sammy. That's like also it's, true. It's like, yeah. even if it's Sam, not, maybe like... Sam. Uh, so there, so, so then like the episode kind of ends with this weird fade to black where they recap in a voiceover the entire episode. Yeah. Where they're like, he was, he was breaking up a fight with these gay thugs who were trying to assault uh, her for the thing she said in the press. So we had to fly with this Asian bitch. Like the whole thing is recapped and then it fades out. And it also like, it gets recapped a ton of times Multiple in times. the episode. And yeah, it's like, yeah. we're all watching this. <laughs> we know what happened. I think that's Aaron Sorkin's like contempt for viewership where he doesn't think anyone is as smart as him. Yeah. So if you're watching this, you're going to be, oh, this is really a lot going on. So we're really going to have to keep, uh, yeah. keep filling you in on what's happening. No, we got it. It's not that like, bad. We also get, this is our first episode with the shitty open micer who is now a writer. Who, who he recaps it once and no one takes him seriously and then he's like his only other thing is like who do we call sir? Yeah, it's so weird. So first off, he barely has any lines at first. Like yeah. the, it's not until maybe the second episode where he actually starts talking. Okay. Um, maybe the end of the first episode, but he it, does recap it in the first one because he, right. uh, he tells Bradley Whitford what's going on, and right. Bradley Whitford's like, "Are you pitching me a sketch?" And it's like, no one <laughs> cares about any of these people. This would not be a good sketch. <laughs> it was a terrible sketch. <laughs> um, so he like yeah. So then they have, he has a weird moment where he's sitting down talking to the British. Writer who I don't remember. Like yeah. she was, oh, I have I saw things her face. to say about the next <laughs> oh, episode. We'll get into it uh, <laughs> about British writer. Uh, and he, it's a, it's a female writer, and he's like, so I've seen like people get called sir, and I don't like, but it doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason as to who gets called sir and when, and like, is there rules? And she's like, there's no rules. It's like 
You feel it out. It's like calling a maestro. It's like calling a yeah. conductor maestro when he gets near the orchestra. What the fuck what the are you fuck? talking about? That's not a feeling we all have. It's a, she says it like, you know how when you are near a conductor, near an orchestra, you start calling it a maestro? I don't know how that is. Never met a maestro you know, in my when life. when we're all yeah. near the orchestra that yeah. is tuning up. Uh, and it's like and a, we have a word to say with the conductor. It's like a three-minute scene. Yeah. That advances nothing. And, and there's also, already way too much shit going on in this episode. And it also it ends with him saying, is this a white people thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is I, like, f- fuck you, obviously. Like, we, I should not have to explain why that, like, shut up, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, yeah. And then she says, I'm not white, I'm British. <laughs> and that's supposed to be, like, that's the punchline. fucking quip, yeah. Yeah. It's dumb. You're it's the really whitest. Dumb. British people are literally, wi- like, the home of white. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> like the source. They are the source. <laughs> Um, it's yeah, it's just very strange. I guess that's supposed to introduce us to that character who come. Oh, I, I, he's one of just... he's see he's like one of the good black guys on like Willie Wills because he's worried about who to call Sir Willie. Wills. <laughs> I forgot about Willie, Willie Wills. Wills. How um, did you forget? Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes he goes by Willie Wills. You know how you occasionally use your stage name or not? Uh, fuck. Anyway, so. Uh, that's happening. Meanwhile, uh, they're trying to like prepare the show in case the people uh, uh, D.L. Hughley and Nick Cordy don't make it back in time. Yeah. So they give a uh, fat guy. I don't know. It's Dylan, I think. He looks like Nick Swartzen in a fat suit. He does. Like, he looks like Nick Swartzen got stung by a bunch of bees. He's, like he's yeah. like a swollen Nick Swartzen. Uh, he does. That's the thing is like he's fat, but he doesn't have like the regular yeah, he's got, physicality like, of a fat person. He just looks swollen. Yeah, he's got like latex fat. He looks like <laughs> how you know when you put on a cheap fat suit on like Martin Lawrence, the face does doesn't move like a fat person. Yeah, it has like ja- like jowls that like don't yeah, go yeah. anywhere because they're foam. That's <laughs> what he looks like. I know. Um, it's so confusing. So they're gonna make they're gonna have him fill in for DL Hughley, which he is wildly against. And at first he's like, no, that's D- that's his chair. I'm not doing it. And I'm like, oh, this is supposed to be some like honor among actor bullshit, yeah. which would never happen. That's I was the thinking second- that too. And like Bradley Whitford at first agrees with him, and I was like. This is not a thing. No, you yeah, have yeah, to yeah, put yeah. on a television show. So, and also, no fucking comedians. Like, oh, you want me to like have my own segment on this show? No, thank you, sir. Like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. never gonna happen. Uh, but then they have this weird subplot with him, where like, I think he's supposed to be embarrassed about being fat. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> like, I, I which was, maybe he should because we're just shitting on him. So I'm assuming people <laughs> in that world do as well, probably. But it's yeah, it's confusing. And I, I don't know if maybe this is what they were going for, because I was like, this could actually, an interesting like path to take with this character, or just generally on the show, is like, I don't know, I think it's interesting that like some people feel really comfortable doing like character stuff, and that's yeah, like yeah, their yeah. realm of security, and some people feel really vulnerable doing that kind of stuff, and just like, like sure. telling jokes or whatever. That's like an interesting sort of psychology of performer thing that, since Aaron Sorkin's so up his ass, he might be interested in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that doesn't seem... It seems like he's just, like, self-conscious about telling Weekend Update jokes. <laughs> There's like, 100% that. It doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, and it's, like, because he's fat, but somehow when he's in a costume, it's okay that he's fat. Yeah, yeah. To him, I don't I, get it. I, and, like, they gotta... He's like, because he, he says something about, like, you know, Alex will be, have a better time making the, the costume change or whatever. And it's like, oh, because he's gonna have to put on a suit. Let me tell you, as a fat dude, nothing better than putting on a suit. You, all fat guys look good in suits. It's it a good co- point. It covers everything. It's, <laughs> it makes you look less fat. It's great. I mean, it is like it basically puts like a box around over you. your belly. Yeah, like, it's exactly right. It squares you out. It, just, it makes you look like a big tough guy as opposed to a fat asshole. Every guy, every fat guy knows that. It's a thousand percent true. And uh, then she, he has that weird exchange with uh, Jeannie. So yeah, so Matthew's like he's like all subconscious. He doesn't want to do it, and then Matthew Perry plays this little scheme where he gets Jeannie to flirt with him. Like in the, also she does a terrible job of flirting with him. I think this is how Aaron Sorkin just writes flirting. I think like that's what he thinks flirting is. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like inside. He's like a he's like a fucking pickup artist. He's like you got to yeah. neg him first, yeah. and then sne- and then be nice. Neg him with a lot of words, yeah, deadpan yeah. words. <laughs> And then when they say, are you flirting with me? Just be mad again. Yeah. Like she, like, she walks over and she's like, uh, he says something. She's like, don't talk to me, Rook. Which is shut up. Like, yeah. this is not, this is Maybe he's supposed to be self-conscious because he's new. Maybe. I, I it, does, it is not explained. Anyway. Uh, and she's like, 
you know, I thought you did good. I saw your rehearsal. I was looking forward to seeing you in a blue suit. And he's like, really? And she's like, shut up, Rook. It's like, what? <laughs> Why? What happened? <laughs> but that exchange, he's like, okay, I'll do it. I'll put on a suit. Yeah. Um, also, can we address the other sketch that they're working on for this show? I can't remember. What is it? Mexican Santa Claus. Oh, my God. Yeah, I forgot about Mexican Santa Claus. They just, and they're like, oh, it's, he's like, it's really, uh, what's the word he uses? He says, like, uh, he's, like, uh, like, out of his mind. Or the sketch, but like not him. The sketch is crazy or whatever. Oh yeah, uh, this is like unhinged. Later we see him because I guess he's gonna play the fat guy's gonna play Mexican Santa Claus, and it's literally just like a Santa Claus outfit with like a Pancho Villa mustache <laughs> and a big stupid hat, and he's just like getting ready for Mexican Santa Claus, and I, I can't describe to you how angry I, I, it's so big capital letters right here just this fucking mexican santa claus <laughs> so mad uh and it's funny because like i'm at one point i wrote early like there's a lot of stuff going on in these episodes and he does a good job like this plays to his strength of like juggling different things and making yeah. everything feel kind of manic but by the end of this episode i feel like all of that's kind of falling apart uh, because I there's all these weird subplots. Let's, like he didn't have he had enough for like an episode and a half, as yeah, opposed to two yeah, episodes. Yeah. So he has to stuff in the shit with him being fat, and then the British chicks like had a breakup. Yeah, that sketch that she turns in, which by the way might be one of the better sketches. <laughs> she, <laughs> it's, don't get us wrong, still really fucking still bad, still bad, still terrible, but, but like better than as... Mexican fucking Santa Claus. Exactly. Better she than uh, like she Santa. gives. She's like, I want. She goes to Matthew Perry. And she's like, I want you to read the sketch, and it's uh, the uh, parody of the game Operation, and it's like Operation on a single girl, and it's like a bunch of guys around the girl, and they're like, let's take out her dreams and her hopes and yeah. uh, her soul. I want the vulnerable part. <laughs> it's it's dumb. But, like, <laughs> I would watch that a thousand times before I watch Jesus Christ fucking... Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, Jesus of fucking Nazareth. Uh, at which point he's like, did you have a bad breakup? And then she just bumbles she into just tears. sobbing. And, like, there's a big joke of, like, Matthew Perry can't understand her because she's crying. And Bradley Whitford can, so he's, like, translating for her. Yeah, it's he like, speaks crying girl or some shit. It's yeah. so fucking condescending and shitty. And hack as fuck. Yeah. Like, I've seen the joke of the girl crying and you can't hear what, understand what she's saying a thousand times. Yeah. It's like an Adam Sandler movie joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, I mean, I guess at least, I mean, he also shows, like, well, I was talking about it last time. Like, he also shows, like, men only doing stuff to impress women. So sure. he's also showing, like, men as very weak in sure. a sense. But it's like, you're going to have your one female writer be, like, distraught over her breakup, and she's going to, like, make all her sketches thinly veiled, like, jabs at... That's what you do, Sorkin. Yeah, yeah, That's what clear. this whole thing... Your whole career has yeah, been nothing like, but that. Yeah, and yeah. so I was just like, come on, man. Like, you're being kind of hypocritical here. And, like, just giving it to the poor British writer. I was like, come on. But, yeah, that was very silly. Um, I like... I do like Ed Asner a lot on this show. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's the only one who's, like, that character's, while kind of one note, very genuine. And, uh -huh. like, he, like, delivers those lines. Well, there's a moment where, like, he's talking to... Amanda Pete and kind of run, giving her a little bit of a dressing down for like her shit in the press. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we can't have that messing up this deal. And she starts to like go off like, well, you don't understand. My, I said that thing about not wanting kids because I don't have kids with my husband. And then he's just trying to do this and blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, wait, I don't care. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. He would not give a shit. Yeah. Bottom line is all that matters. And like, I just, I felt really like, that was a really honest like delivery. It's sort moment. of the same as uh, Stephen Weber. Except yeah. Stephen Weber is like a more amped up comedic version. But of it's that. also like when D.L. Hughley's trying to get her in the car and is like, get yeah, in the yeah, fucking yeah, car. It's the same. It's like you don't explain this. It right. doesn't matter. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. the outcome is fucking with me, and right. we need to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. I don't care about your intent. Right. Uh, also, I do love like uh, Stephen Weber. At one point, they're in the uh, they're so the, it, it keeps cutting back. They're at the Pahrump Jail. Uh, and the the Chinese girl wants to take a picture with Nate Cordry, and Stephen <laughs> Weber's like, "We're not having a picture of him in a fucking handcuffs." Yeah. So he walks over. He's like, "Oh, is that the new Nikon? Can I see that?" And he just like drops it to the ground. And so yeah. He picks it up and like twists it in half. And he's like, "Oh, it looks like I broke your camera. I'm so sorry." But like, he's the funniest. He's dude. the only funny one on the show. But then there's also a thing going on where he's telling Bradley Whitford, like. Amanda Pete needs to watch out. Her job's in trouble, and I want to protect her, but I can't protect her. And if she's going to get fired, I have to be the one to do it. Otherwise, it's going to make me look weak. Yeah. Uh, so he's like 
more likable than he kind of initially played. Yeah. Like, he was sort of played as like the corporate foil. We're supposed to hate him or whatever. But he's really not that. And I kind of like what they're doing with that character where he is shitty, he is bottom line, but that's his job. I and think, he is kind of a decent guy in the at the end of the day. Yeah, I don't even know if that's necessarily the intent or if we just like the performance <laughs> just like so Steven Weber so much. Like, or- like I, I do think that's a little bit of the intent because he does. I mean, it's it's the same with all the small town characters and stuff. He does try to give them a, a point of view that is somewhat convincing against his sort of like moral consciences of yeah. like the leftist characters. Right. So like they're trying to give him some things which, like in some senses, works in in that in terms of his personal relationships and stuff because it's like yeah, this dude has to do a job and he has right. to like convey power and all this shit yeah. to all these people who are under him. Sure. And like and they have that exchange on the plane that I think is pretty good where he's like uh, where Bradley Whitford's like oh she told me to fight you on yeah, this. Yeah, and he's yeah, like yeah. I don't fucking give a shit <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. this is not a fight to me to yeah, win she te- yeah, she you're tells- my subordinate like fuck you yeah she tells Bradley Whitford like he's gonna want you to cut the sketch I want you to let him cut the sketch but I want you to fight him first because he needs to feel like he has a win because I've taken his legs out from I'm under him yeah. the last four times or whatever and Bradley Whitford being the dick he is he's like oh like he's like Stephen Weber tells him to cut then. the sketch. Oh yeah, sure, no problem. He's like, oh wait, I was supposed to fight you for five rounds or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. And Stephen Weber's like, we're building like a two hundred million dollar <laughs> city in Macau. I don't care about your Jesus sketch. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. This isn't a win. Like, Which speaking of Macau, the the another like just hacky fucking thing is the Asian businessman who doesn't speak English and cares a ton about honor, like. It's Holy so shit. fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just the idea of like, oh, we need his daughter translator. Like, she's our way in. Like, he's a billionaire businessman. Like, he makes decisions not, not based on the whims of his 16 year old girl. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. And just also, there's... I feel like he might have a professional translator. Right. Uh-huh, as opposed <laughs> to this child who fucks up a translation at the end. Yeah. And then leads, like, so, like, he says something about, like. Oh, you thought she actually fucked it up? I I thought it was like a cover. Like, uh, I thought he was trying to be like. Yeah, I couldn't tell because she says, like. It is weird. Because he. Right, so he, like. Like, she finds out a thing on her phone. Like, they're trying to hide the gossip from her so she doesn't tell the. The fu- Amanda Pete gossip. Yeah. And uh, he, like, finds out because she's, like, looking at it on her Blackberry or whatever. And he, like, goes. Jordan, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and he's and the daughter says like, oh, you don't understand like like uh, she's like I'm sorry, but he says that uh, you've brought great dishonor. This woman's brought dishonor on your you don't have honor or whatever on your business. And that's when Stephen Weber has the moment of like standing up for everybody and yeah. being like, what do you talk like this man fucking drove all the way over there for honor and this for honor and blah blah blah. Uh, and then she like they have an argument. He's like, oh, sh- 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 Jordan, sh- 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 sh. I'm the fuss, so racist. Uh, uh, Still not as racist as the show. As so the sh- yeah. <laughs> by, by the way, the only question that the Asian businessman asks when they're in Nevada is legal brothels. Yeah. Are there legal oh, brothels oh here? God. Very creepy. Uh, and then the girl's like, oh, there was a miscommunication. Uh, he said that this man like her husband brought dishonor, dishonor on, on her, her not the business blah blah, blah and they're gonna have the, the business is gonna keep going or whatever yeah and i i yeah maybe i misinterpreted i don't know it was the I way too it's it's not dealt with well in the show like it's yeah. a weird moment and i i was thinking about it and i was like i think that's what happened like he's trying <laughs> yeah. to cover his ass right but like yeah it could just be that she fucked up and it's like why do you have your child translating, translating for, for you, you? Like, it's it's very weird. And then there's the whole thing of, like, he's like, I only fly in one direction. What the fuck is that? Yeah, <laughs> so, like, they she's they're going to fly this jet to New York to drop off the daughter and then, like, on to Macau via Scotland and the Czech Republic and wherever the fuck. And it's like, you know, it would be much faster if we flew west to yeah. get to Macau. And the, the daughter's like, yeah, he only flies in one direction. What does what? <laughs> Why? And it like doesn't really come up again. Doesn't it only like, comes up in like a shitty backhanded joke or whatever? Yeah. That says, uh, on the plane, he's like, oh, because they have to fly from Nevada back to L.A. Yeah. for the show, and it's like, oh, thanks for flying in more than one direction or whatever. But yeah. like, to what end? Yeah. That's not something a businessman would do. It's waste a bunch of time for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Like, then like that's the thing is it's just it's just he's dealt with so like. Yeah, this is supposed to be a billionaire, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. dude who gets shit done. Yeah, it and doesn't make yeah, any it's, sense. It's like just all for these like really shitty, like broad jokes at this dude's expense. And yeah. Um so the other thing I was gonna say though is like so 
Steven Weber gets that big moment at the end, and I yeah. think that is why I like these two episodes a lot, is because, like, we get so much of him, sure. and, like, we do get to see him be a little more human. Yeah, yeah. He, gets then, a, he gets arrested at the at the courthouse for, like, yeah. yelling at John Goodman for being a dick, and it's like, yeah, okay, I like all of this. And it's, like, it's funny. It's just, like, stupid, but it's, it's funny to me when he's, like, uh... He's like, oh, we had to interrupt him on the fishing trip. He's like, how about I buy him a boat? It's not like a funny joke, but just the way he delivers it is like really funny. I sure. just think he's great. But there's that part on the when they're on the plane and he's like, <laughs> they're talking about like he's writing. D.L. Hughley's writing a joke about like child laborers in Delta oh, or whatever. Fucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Stephen so like Delta like, Airlines got a got arrested for having like child labor or some some such. Yeah. yeah. And and Stephen Weber's like, well, that's Delta actually doesn't use child labor. And D.L. Hughley's like, well, it's not about Delta; it's about like corporations. In general. And he's like, well, gee, uh, what about the? Have you heard the one about the black guy that can run really fast and loves fried chicken and watermelon? <laughs> it's not about you; it's yeah. about black people. Yeah, yeah, and it's like yeah. those are not those are wildly different. And what's <laughs> funny is that's a moment you that you know he... that because you would have been like taken out by hr if you did not know that <laughs> a thousand percent. You, like... uh it's it's such a nonsensical argument that like even deal Hughes like i what like, he, like yeah. he, then he had some comeback about like oh i didn't know right. corporations were like it's persecuted just, or something it's just written so that deal Hughley can shoot it down yeah but yeah, it's yeah. like so out of character for this dude Doesn't and make it's any like sense. so fucking weird uh, anyway but then there's a similar argument made later because matthew perry's still yelling at sarah paulson about her shitty beliefs and she yeah. keeps coming back and like trying to defend them with new arguments and he just keeps shooting them down yeah uh and she said like he says so, like she says like you know, the, like she does this thing where she gets like, real quiet, and she's like, "Most people just want a good job, yeah. raise their kids, blah blah blah." To and she's hate like, gay people in peace. And yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's a, essentially her argument. She's like, she's like, you know, and maybe they just need a little time to catch up. Could you maybe give the rest of the world some time to reach your enlightened opinion or whatever? And he's like, "Yeah, I'm sure they said that to Martin Luther King. Can you just please let us be racist for another sixty years before you start marching around?" And she's like, "Don't you compare gay rights to black rights?" Yeah. Why not? Like, I don't understand your <laughs> argument. And her argument is, black people have been living openly as black people for 400 <laughs> years. I have news for you. Black L- people have been living way longer than 400 <laughs> years. I saw, like, however long humanity yeah, has no, been around. The yeah, 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 yeah. Visibly, <laughs> black people the longer than any other type of person has been anything. This is the shittiest line I've ever heard. And she's like, gay people have only been living openly gay for like 30 years or some <laughs> horseshit argument. Uh, and... It's it's like it's it's almost as bad as Stephen Weber's like, yeah. like uh, not all black people fucking line yeah uh, that whole f- and like they keep fighting and eventually it just becomes about like it turns out and also there's another thing where so Matthew Perry's like sticking up for gay people the whole time yeah. gay rights he's very adamant but then like the second like uh, fat guy says something about like his body he's like oh I think you look good not that I check out yeah. dudes or whatever it's like what what why are you you're supposed to be the progressive one what is this horseshit yeah I mean maybe that's Sorkin trying to be like, especially like straight men, straight male progressives can be very Still hypocritical be. about this. True, but like it just it felt weird. false. It, and yeah, like exactly. It feels like yeah, yeah. wedged in in a yeah, weird yeah, yeah, way. Yeah. Also, uh, it's a fat guy. Everyone knows you don't have a crush on that. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that was he, didn't t- he didn't turn you. Yeah, yeah. Like, not, I mean, like. Not that there's anything wrong. Lots of people have crushes on fat guys, but that's not going to be the one guy. Yeah, yeah, that's- yeah. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. And I think you flip. Uh, there's a whole thing too where Amanda Pete has like tells Sarah Paulson to like. She has these upcoming concerts with some like women of faith, <laughs> yeah, uh, like women and yeah, like, they're like mu- it's like some group that goes around of women and who apparently concerts. adopted her or something. <laughs> yeah, her <laughs> mom died. Like I was raised by the women of faith or whatever the fuck it's called because uh, her mom died and she's like I've been working with them forever and she's like this candle is only a scandal if we give it uh, if this fire only bur- like burns if we give it oxygen yeah. we just fucking don't do anything for six weeks and that means don't go do these concerts and right. she's all pissed off about that and the man. Amanda Peets like calls her Anita Bryant, who I didn't know who that was. Yeah, uh, I thought about looking that I, up. Oh, but I did look it up. Who was that? Uh, she was a uh, uh, beauty, like Miss Oklahoma beauty pageant winner. She was okay. a singer. Uh, she was the brand ambassador for Florida Citrus Commission. Uh, she did some like famous she's like commercials. A, a pageant, and she was lady. just a vir- virulent fucking anti-gay like activist. That's really funny. Uh, she when? started some camp in the seventies. Like okay. she started some campaign called "Save Our Children" because she thought that the gay, <laughs> the gay agenda was to convert 
yeah. children. Sure. Uh, and apparently it eventually just like her, she would not stop talking about it to the point where they're like, look, you just sing dumb songs. Could you maybe just like sing some dumb songs? And she's like, no, this is my fight. And they're like, all right, well, you're done. Like, yeah. no more, con- like she just faded away because no one gave a fuck about her anymore. But uh, I just, I thought that was an interesting. Uh, so, interesting so, pull. Yeah. So uh, they go, the other thing that happened, uh, there's another scene in the, like, she, the, they want the judge, John Goodman wants food. But nobody can be left alone oh in the sheriff station, so they have to go across the street together to this diner and get Aggressively pie. Aggressively folksy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, much. it's got the best pie you've ever. And like the dog is on a like in there too. It's like yeah. whatever. <laughs> you brought the, the fucking basset hound. Basset. Uh, at which point, John Goodman starts going to deal. Hughie like, how? How you do that to your hair? Oh my son? god, Sammy, <laughs> is, are those dead bolts? And then the the, the, the deputy's like, dreadlocks, sir. He's like, oh, dreadlocks. Oh, are they cornrows? So what the <laughs> fuck? Uh, yeah, that's why I don't like. John Goodman's character. He's clearly a racist fucking with D.L. Hughley the entire time. Yeah. But then at the end, he does like one nice thing. So it turns out that the reason <laughs> Nate Cordry was speeding. I, I still don't understand yeah, yeah, yeah. this. So Why did they have to have this also be a valuable lesson about respecting the troops or something? Yeah, but but I it also don't. It, okay, so, it tur- so like uh, the prosecutor comes in from like his paintball tournament or whatever. Yeah. Uh, which they make a point of. And he's, like, going through the file, and he's, like, reading all the lists that are against him or whatever. And then he's, like, oh, hold on. And he whispers something to the judge. And the judge's like, let me see your wrist. He shows him his wrist. And he's got, like, some bracelet that, you know, like, you wear with, like, your, like, relatives, soldiers, like, information. Or, like, I support my troops or whatever. Yeah. And her, his brother is a, like, Corps of en- Army Corps of Engineers guy who goes into war zones to build hospitals and stuff. And so that we make sure also that like from Sorkin's perspective, like he's one of the good troops. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's not special ops. Yeah, he's, he doesn't like, yeah. have blood on his hands. He's building hospitals. Right, right, like, right. So, uh, he, so the make whole... sure you have not not even a remotely complicated relationship to yeah, this yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. So the whole time Nate Cordry uh, is like deal. He's saying, "Tell him why you were speeding." He's like, "I'm not telling him. I'm telling him. I'm not telling him." And it turns out there was some protest at the air at the army base or whatever that day. And Judge Goodman was like, "You weren't going to that protest, were yeah, you? First you weren't like driving accused, away from that protest. Yeah, you were you were driving to the base." But like, is I don't understand. Like, it still don't understand why he was doing 120 miles an hour right. because his brothers in the army. Yeah, like it doesn't make any and, sense. And that's the thing. And it's like I, I it's all it was, we're supposed to like have our minds completely changed about him speeding. Yeah, or I didn't give a fuck in the first place. <laughs> but apparently, I, I, I maybe it's supposed to be like he was getting called up for another tour, I, and he wanted to see him again before he left or something. I think that's. But they don't explain that well. They really don't. And then like when he finds out what's happening, and he's like, and that's why you were speeding or whatever, and and he, you weren't going to tell me because you didn't want your like this is like his third tour and he might die and you didn't want to use what may be you know his last time on earth as an excuse to get out of a ticket like i respect that or whatever he lets him yeah. go they throw away the joint they're like oh what happened to that joint we lost the evidence bag blah 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 <laughs> okay this is just police corruption like i know it's working out well for us for once but that's yeah. all this is it's just like these are shitty cops that will do whatever they want and fuck the law uh <laughs> not not great heroes uh so they let him go and they let fucking uh Stephen Weber off with a warning for contempt. Yeah. Uh, and then they tell fucking, he's like, all right, Sammy, you have a good one. <laughs> and they all wave goodbye as the plane flies <laughs> over the, like it's, yeah. It's, and then at one point, Bradley Whiffer's like telling them all, telling Matthew Perry about what happened. And he's like, they got themselves a good judge over there. Really knows what's up. No, they have themselves a piece of shit judge. <laughs> he fucked with you all day. Yeah. He's been racist to fucking deal Hughley <laughs> for five hours. But he likes the army. So he's suddenly a good yeah. I was so mad. He likes the army and does uh, favors. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like perfectly corruptible. Yeah, I, yeah, I, easily corruptible. Yeah, easily he, doesn't, corruptible. he doesn't even need money. He just needs like you to have a brother in the army. I mean, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I posted our, uh, I posted our links to our previous podcasts on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my fr- my friend Chris commented on it, and he said. Uh, I'd love to listen to these, but I don't get Wi-Fi while I'm standing in the middle of <laughs> Afghanistan. And I thought that was really funny. Uh, so then, but here's what, okay, so Matthew Perry and Sarah Paulson the whole time are arguing this this point. And Isn't Matthew it Perry's so nice to watch right. this now that gay marriage is legal? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like, yeah, kind yeah. of like, yeah, uh, you were, It's quaint in a little it's, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like, oh, no one even gives a shit about your dumb uh, <laughs> yeah. homophobia anymore. Uh, You're totally irrelevant. We don't even have to listen to you. But here's where it gets weird. 
so he's like, so they're arguing back and forth, and then she's like, why are you so mad or whatever? And he's like, because it was supposed to be me there defending you from those hooligans. <sighs> So, th- so this whole time you haven't really given a fuck about the gay rights issue. No. You're just mad that you're not her boyfriend? Yeah. I guess. Like, and she, and then she says, oh, here's what she says right before that. She's like, I said I don't know yeah. if gay marriage should be legal. I said I don't know. Maybe you should learn those three words. <laughs> no. The man has con- like convictions that he stands yeah. by that are right. I don't know is not a valid excuse for fucking homophobia or racism or any of that shit. Yeah, like, that's, it's, she's basically being like, I copped out. Why don't you do that more often? Yeah, 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 Like, and yeah, and he keeps trying to get her to, like, admit, like, no, you're, this is, you dodged the fucking question. Yeah, yeah. And you didn't dodge it well, and so people saw your intent and and are now mad mad at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like... He's fucking right. He's totally yeah. right. But then he has to immediately be like, I just wanted to be a man and defend you from those gay hooligans. Yeah. But Nate Corby got to do it. And she's like, uh, she says, like, aren't you crazy about me or whatever? And he's like, I don't know. And she's like, oh, now you know those words. Cr- credits. Like, that's where it ends. I, I feel like it all goes back to, like, how every, like, all Sorkin shit is, like, any all anyone the only beliefs anyone has are to impress the opposite. Sex. Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. Like it's all this bluster and everything, but at the end of the day, everyone just, just wants to get their some dick sweet wet. puss. That's yeah. it. Everybody <laughs> just wants that sweet, it's, sweet puss. It's, it's so it kind of undermines all his like bluster in a way that's like, for, oh man, for sure. <laughs> uh, I think we're good. Is okay, there anything cool. else? Did we miss anything? I I, I, let me see if I have any other. I was notes. yeah yeah. I think I covered all my notes. I was def- I just fat fucking Mexican Santa Claus really pissed me off. <laughs> oh, here's the thing. This is what I meant to say about the hangover before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, I don't know why when I'm hungover I'm like a real easy cry. Like yeah, I get like emotional too. when I'm hungover. Choked up a little bit about Nate Cordish brother. Not gonna lie, yeah. a little bit. Like, like he was like that moment where he's like, and you didn't want your brother's like possible last moment on earth to be uh, how you got out of a speed ticket. He's like, yeah, and I was like, oh, that's <laughs> brotherhood. Like, I got a little emotional. <laughs> I wouldn't have, but when I'm hungover, I just is a thing. Like, I don't know why that is. But I'm, I'm the same like, way. Like, I, I'm a little, I'm a little hungover today also, <laughs> and I was driving over here. And they were playing an interview with uh, Titus Burgess on the mm. radio, who plays Titus Andromedon on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, yeah. And I teared up at the Kimmy Schmidt theme song. <laughs> like, I was just like, females are strong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, got a little... Yeah, so, like, I'm with you. Oh, These didn't make me cry. Awesome. But I was just like, you're yeah, right. You're right. We are strong. <laughs> that is hilarious. Uh, anything you got to plug? Um, when is this coming out? This should be out on Thursday. Thursday. Um, check my Twitter because I don't remember when my dates are. I have a <laughs> bunch of stuff coming up at the end of August. I also am at the Velveeta Room on September 19th and 20th. Nice. Yeah. Um, I will be in Winnipeg, Manitoba on uh, the 27th through the 31st of uh, august for the odd comedy festival i'm doing the uh whatever that cw show spider house showcase on monday the 31st when i get back into town uh and then i have something in september i can't remember but check my website uh we'll see you next week bye 